0: Hey, welcome back to Central American Voices. This is Susan. Bienvenidos
1: otra vez a Voces Centroamericanas. Yo soy Alejandra. Le agradecemos mucho por su tiempo y por habernos elegido
0: hoy. The topic of this third episode is Olvidamos. It's a bit of a continuation of the discussion we had at the end of last episode regarding our Central American identity and incorporating home. So we want to examine questions such as, are we forgetting our Central American side? Do we want that to happen? How do we preserve it? And when we do forget things, what exactly are we forgetting? And then also just examining whether, when, or if forgetting can be intentional, or if it's naturally happening as a result of being in the diaspora. Um, so again, as we talked a little bit about this last week, and I talked a little bit about how this can be an experience, especially with first-generation immigrants and the generations after um, who weren't born and raised in our home countries in Central America.
1: As a Central American immigrant, I feel like sometimes we migrate to places where there's not a lot of Central American representation in that community. And we we tend to, you know, sometimes we go to school, we to go to work, and we different... Um, backgrounds and sometimes we try to detach from the Central American identity we try to detach or you know probably how we talk, how we eat and there's nothing bad. I feel like identity is built how you know places where you live, where you grew up and and people that you m- meet throughout the way, But however, there's a part of you that sometimes people tend to forget. And I think this is one of the main ideas of this topic, how not only as a first generation immigrant, but as immigrants coming here, how do we forget intentionally or do we just go with the flow or like what is like trending slowly and slowly try to forget that you're Central American? I mean, there's a lot of people that they they don't even want to accept it they're Central American, they just want to ignore that side of it. And I feel that it's important to talk. There's nothing bad of, it's not us judging people for their personal decisions, but a lot of it is like, why are you hiding that side? Like, are, are you ashamed of it or what is it? I mean, a lot of people, you know, like it's because of personal experience, you know, but I think there's nothing bad of, to say from who you, from where you come from. I think like that is like, you know, a big chunk of you.
0: I think that um, this topic would probably bring about a lot of different experiences for different people because, as we said, that I think sometimes it is on purpose. Sometimes it can be more of an accident, you know, like if you move to, let's say, if you're in California and you're s- surrounded by Mexicans and if you're you know a bit younger, it's gonna be a lot easier for you just naturally. It's not even because you're like ashamed, but if everyone's using this a certain slang or a certain accent or you know everyone's celebrating something, you're just gonna naturally gonna follow that because that's what you see. that's what you were kind of raised with. Um, and I think that's more of naturally maybe forgetting. But I think a lot of there's also instances of forgetting for different reasons. Um, and as you said, I think that something that I want emphasize is that there's no judgment for that because a lot of the times it can be... I mean, a lot of times you're just young. It's the first time you're confronted in, in an environment where you're not represented, where you're not welcome. And, and that's so overwhelming. And it can really sometimes even be traumatic for people. And for me, like, actually, you know, obviously right now I'm so we both are doing so much for the Central American community. We're trying to, and obviously I'm very proud of it. Like I i am very proud of my roots. I'm proud of my food. I'm proud of how we talk. I, I'm very proud of that. But actually, you know, I only started acknowledging it and being proud of it only at most five years ago. Um, and for me, that looked like when In seventh grade, I got a scholarship to go to this school, fancy school on the Upper East Side. I was, you know, born and raised in Queens, went to public school in Queens my whole life. Um, Most of the Latin Americans were Central Americans. So, you know, I felt very comfortable. I wasn't uh, in an ESL class until third grade. So most of us were from Guate or El Salvador or Honduras. You know, I never felt like I had to hide myself. And even when I wasn't around Central Americans, most of the people around me were from immigrant communities. So a lot of them were from the Caribbean or from Bangladesh, you know? So being different was actually normal. But then when I got the scholarship to go to the Upper East Side, everyone was white. Um, and it was, i it's one of the most pivotal moments in my life. It really affected me. Um, because when I went there, me and my friend, my, one of my closest friends now, she's Ecuadorian. We were the first two Latinas in their grade, you know, in a grade of a hundred students, we were the first two Latinas. It's a kindergarten to 12th grade school. We come in in seventh grade and they never had a Latina before that. And it was, I mean, I could talk about this for so long, but it, you know, just, The culture is different. The expectations are different. I, you know, I came in as a 12 year old and me and my friend immediately, you know, within like three months started changing what we wore, how we identified ourselves, like how we presented ourselves. Um, And a lot of that for me was like kind of trying to, you know, lack I tried to widen myself, basically. So Mm. and it got to the extent where, you know, I think when I was like in eighth grade or ninth grade, I was like, oh, you know, Garcia, that's a Spanish last name. Like I was like, I was trying to promote myself as a Spaniard, you know, like that's Mm -hmm. how, and you know, like you look at me, I'm not, I'm not white. I am I'm not dark skinned, but I'm not white you can see that like I have a broad nose, I'm tan, I'm pretty tan, you know, I have my curlyish hair, um, like I'm obviously not white and I was really trying to play that, like I was really trying to shift the narrative, Uh I would reject Spanish so much, like it, one of like the most, I guess, shameful things was like trying to get my parents to stop speaking Spanish, like in our own house. Like, I was like, why do we have to be speaking Spanish the whole time? You know, like that's, I can't believe I ever did that, but that's how far the rejection went. I was, I understand that I was young, you know, and I was put in an environment that uh, wasn't welcoming of who I was, of my identity out of their own ignorance. And it really wasn't until, you know, I, this started happening in seventh grade It wasn't until like 11th grade where I started questioning, like, hey, like, why am I rejecting all of this? Like, that's not like I I, I started realizing that all I was doing was just hurting myself and silencing like who I was and what I was raised with. And so that's how that played out for me, you know, and that's also a big reason why that I decided to start learning more about my roots and my heritage and my family and now, you know, I kind of want to maybe in a sense make up for it a little bit, but it, I know it's bigger than that. I'm I'm not doing all of this just to make up for, you know, four years of being like an ignorant or hurt teenager. Um, but that's why I'm like so passionate because I don't People shouldn't go through that shame. People shouldn't feel like they have to hide a part of them in order to fit in or grow up thinking that like, oh, like you're naturally ugly or you don't fit in a certain standard or professionally or academically, physically. Um, And and so this topic really resonates with me. And I know that that's how my experience looked like. And I'm aware, you know, having... Again, started with the Send Collective. I've heard so many experiences, different reasons why, you know, you can forget.
1: Yeah. And definitely, well, it just amazed me how, you know, you went through all that. You know, I feel like you're not the only one. Many people have been put in that position of, you know, just want to reject that side of it. You know, for me, I think my experience was kind of like a little bit different. You know, mm-hmm. I moved to L.A., well, Wilmington. But, you know, the same L.A. when I was 14, I already had a knowledge of, you know, who I am a little bit. And then where I come from, the reason why I was moving to the United States by coming here, my school is, I will say, 90 percent Mexican. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's there's a big percentage of Mexican population here in Wilmington and. I mean, first of all, I was coming from a private school back in Honduras, you know, Una Escuela Católica. So it's like only girls, right? I went into high school straight, you know, like I I came on November 20, yeah, November 29th, 2011. Two weeks later, I was already in school. Okay, so, you know, I didn't have like the time to, you know, like kind of like experience, you know, like, oh, como hacer. I went to high school with zero English, like completely nothing of the language. And I went in, y empiezo a ver, like, you know, there's a lot of kids with tattoos, piercing. There is, okay now one of the biggest, you know, I knew that was going to happen, you know, like now I'm I'm in the mixed school. Right. It's not Mm -hmm. only girls. So I had that first, you know, like, ooh. You know, like, what's going to (laughs) happen? And then, like, people with piercing tattoos and stuff like that, and I was just like, because of how I grew up back Mm -hmm. in Honduras, it's bad to relate that, but you relate tattoos to gang members, you know? It is bad to related. I know to choose those non-mean gang members, but, you know, like I came with that fear, you know, I mean, me on like three times back in Honduras, so I came mm-hmm. with that fear, right? So coming, going to high school, I remember I found this person was like amazing. Like, you know, is I call her my angel. Like, honestly, don't hablaba el inglés, you know, I went straight to health, to my class. It was health. Or something. And then I didn't speak the language like completely. Yo creo que lo único que, que entendí was like, what, migas?
0: Or hello, or bye. That. That's so scary. It's so scary. And then. It's high school, oh my God, high school already knowing English. Oh,
1: awful. I know. And then, you know, like she helped me with, you know, translating. I remember she helped me with my homework. She helped me when I had to present because the professor would put me there. You know, mm-hmm. ni le importaba de que no hablaba English and then yeah. you know, like she will go up with me and then I'll tell her in Spanish she will translate it. I mean, like that is my angel. Like I remember wow. she gave me yeah, she gave me una Virgencita de Soyapa and I always have it with me because it, it, it's that type of person that you find a way that you know help you right and I remember you know right. like she was so accepted you know she comes from a Mexican background but she never treated me like I was different the biggest right. thing for me was when I was in ESL and you know like this is many of us that come from another country had to go through ESL right? right that's where you learn the language right well I think I was probably the second second Central American there Nomás, like, now that it, she's mm. my comadre, <laughs> she's my comadre now. <laughs> <laughs> Her name is Andrea. That was the other one during an opera. Oh, uh-huh. That was about it, you know, like there was not a a other person that I can relate to going to other classes. You know, I was always feel like I was not part of it, you know. So Mm -hmm. I feel like that's how many immigrants when they come to, you know, to school because you're, you know, of course, younger than 18, you have to go to school and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, You feel that way. But what happened to me was that you know I'm under, I have the under slang still I will say like pásame la chumpa or you know people will sell you know chips now but like oh uh, cuánto vale el churro or things like that and people started seeing me different you know, Enjoy. they were like, oh, no, that's not how you say it. Or like, they were like, oh, you want to eat this? And I was like, oh, yo no como chile, you know, like stuff like that will start to like right. at me different. You know, like, oh, you don't say, why you don't say tú? Why do you say vos? Why, why are you saying like this? Porque estás comiendo platano frito mm. con frijoles. That's when. Fun. You should try it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, con la mantequita, is good, it's good, like, you know?
0: I'll, I want to try
1: it. <laughs> so, you know, like, and I remember, like, At one point, I didn't want to continue going to school. And I remember telling my mom, I just want to go back to Honduras because I didn't know the language, one. So that was hard for me. And second, Mm -hmm. I feel like in the space that I'm in, that I can speak Spanish. I'm still being rejected because of the way of my my Spanish, because I don't have the Mexican accent. So Mm -hmm. at one point, I remember, like, I tried to get those words, you know, like, get usaban and stuff like that, I try to change my vocabulary. And right. I feel like I still, to today, I still feel like I do. Like if I'm around, yeah. you know, my Mexican friends, I won't say chumpa, I'll say like, can you pass me the chamarra? You know, like, I'll <laughs> see <Chamorro>? it myself. <laughs> yeah, they'll see it in my, like, I'll see it in me, you know, like, I cannot right. say like, you know, me das el popote, I'm not saying that's bad, but like, that's me changing. You know? bahia, right? Yeah, but then, you know, like I go to a restaurant, you know, I say popote, but I, uh, dentro de me is like, it's a pajilla, you know, but, you
0: know.
1: <laughs> yeah, but like, it's like code switching. Mm. Yeah, so it, I, 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 I felt it, but then I would come home, talk to my mom like that was normal talking to her, you know, and then I started noticing that. I was like, why do I have to change when I'm around? certain people, I, f- I feel like I shouldn't be changing. So mm-hmm. people started telling me, oh, you don't you, you don't talk this way and or this and that. voice Or like, people would think that I was calling her something else. Or like sometimes, you know, because, you know, of course, I have a lot of Mexican friends and I'll call them, you know, out of normal instant, I'll call them my hand. They will right. feel, you know, insulted. And now I understand oh. that, you know, because it's not normal. And I shouldn't, at the same time, I, I shouldn't... It was not normal for them, and I, I shouldn't, you know, try people to understand that maje means like, you know, homie or bro or dude, or whatever. That was my side. I, at one point, I feel like being in high school, like ninth grade and 10th grade, I was just, you know, thinking that why do I have to change myself? And people keep telling me, like, oh, you know, the de- decía, oh, you know, oh, I'm from Honduras. And we like, ¿Qué es es un río, or like, oh, what part of Mexico is it? You know, and I feel like a lot of people have experienced that. So, right. because of that reaction, sometimes I felt that I was like, oh, I kind of need to change how I talk or probably like how I dress or, you know, like, oh, I have to listen to certain music, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. But dentro de mí, that didn't feel right. So, you know, mm-hmm. I said, como soy, bien, perdón por la palabra, vale, I said, <laughs> F you. Uh, this is me. My voice is part of me. My pajilla is part of me. My chumpa is part of me. And I got to that point that I was just like, I'm not going to change how I talk. I'm you not right. going to... No voy a esconder mis tamales if I take one home to the school to eat. No voy a esconder mi, mi, mis, mis platanos fritos con frijol y mantequilla. Because it's like, it's part of me. And that's what I like to eat. If you don't like to eat, if you think that they look like something else, like what can I say? You know, like, I feel like here I was able to, first of all, I was, um, open to, you know, very welcome Mexican community. Like, you know, like they, Mm -hmm. you know, they have introduced me to a lot of food that's, you know, they have really good food. And, but at the same time, like, you know, they have been very respected of, you know, who I am and the food that I like, but it's not everyone, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, um, Everyone was, you know, very welcoming. A lot of people were, they did reject me. How you say, you know, you wanted to become more white. I feel like in a sense, I just wanted to not become more Mexican, but I wanted to be like that type of Spanish that it didn't kind of like put me on the Central American side because people will Mm -hmm. pick on my, how I talk. They will pick on me. You know, it's like, no se dice eso. Es que no se dice eso. Es que no se dice eso. And at one point, you know, like I just got to the point that I was like, ah, whatever, you know? So it, it felt like, even though as an immigrant coming here, you you do try to forget, even though, like, you know, each person has a yeah. decision to make it. Because if I was able to be like, nah, uh uh, you know? Like, I can't say too. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, too, is muy disrespectful. Like, I can't, like I don't know, que, que me pasa, yo no puedo decir you know? <laughs> <laughs> It's true, like, this, this is too I'll be like, <laughs> it's like, okay, like, chill, you know, Straight like, up. for me, yeah, you know, I, c- I can and no puedo ir a decir a otra persona, you know, like, mi comadre le maje all the time, if I'm in public and I, I'm calling her mahe, I have all people looking at me like, what the heck is this girl talking about and I'm just mm-hmm. like, well She's my maje, you know, she's my comadre. (laughs) (laughs) What's up with that, you know? I did clearly want to change. And, of course, there's a lot of words that I have used now, you know, like, probablemente use a lot of pinches. Pero, como te digo, you know, like, I feel like it's because of where I live, you know? (laughs) And then when I went to college, I went to complete, like, conoci venezolanos, colombianos, uh, un montón de salvadoreños. But I was able to be in a more diverse place and I felt mm-hmm. more welcome. And yeah. I feel like yeah, when I got out of high school and I went to college, that's when I was like, yeah, definitely I made the right decision to not change myself because yeah. I was more welcome. I was able to be who I am without being like, no sé cómo me va a ver la otra persona,
0: mm-hmm. you know?
1: You know, like probably me llevaba unas baleadas and they would be like, those are good. You know, yeah. someone would tell me something like <laughs> that. Like, you Let know? me
0: try, you know, they are <laughs> you know, yeah. want to learn about it.
1: Yeah, but then I feel like because of high school, it's more about like they judge yeah. you of how you talk. People mm-hmm. try to be other and when you get to a college, you're like, oh, my God, finally, I can be myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but, you know, it was that transformation that I was battling, you know, kind of like, no, mm-hmm. this is my identity. And then someone posting me some something that I'm not. And I was just like, no, but I'm here. Like, I feel like in high school, I was constantly battling. And many times I wanted to back to Honduras many times me, hice mis maletas, yo ya me regresaba. Wow. I saw my mom, I saw my mom me gradua de aquí me voy para atrás porque I I couldn't wow. do it anymore. I couldn't do it anymore, you know, like yeah. it was that thing that I felt like I, I'm not welcome. You know, like English me está costando. I, I I I was just I was just like I cannot do it anymore. So mm-hmm. I was in I think my senior year was the more calm one. I feel like people started to be more open open-minded and know only that they will be like oh you know yeah she's under it you know instead of you know being like oh something else
0: right yeah I think that um a lot of the time because as you said as I, as I explained to you like this thing you know I think it's made worse I, I can't tell if it's made worse because you know you're like in your teenage years where it really is about fitting in you know and, and it's hard to not be affected by that or if this really mostly exists because we're dealing with this during an age where again it's all about fitting in and if you're different teenage because teenagers are immature they'll make fun of you you know like um yeah. because for example again like when you get to college a lot of the times those differences are actually celebrated you know um, it's people really don't care as much. Like the whole high school environment of like cliques don't really exist as much. Um, so you're able to not care. Uh, because mm-hmm. also when, again, in my elementary school, like most of the school, the school population was really mixed. You know, we had central Americans, we had Jamaicans, we had Bangladeshis. And I remember <laughs> my mom, a lot of times for lunch, she would make me a sandwich with, um. she would put mayonesa and frijoles molidos. Oh, good. <laughs> it was so good. And like, she would just do that every day. And I'm happy, you know, like, it's it's a good lunch. And then, you know, several times people started commenting, like making fun of the frijoles, saying it looks like you know uh. yeah. I, I, had, I had those coming too so don't yeah. worry I'm always about that it's like uh-huh um or they would be like oh like why does it smell because sometimes you know it starts smelling funky after you've had it for like five hours in your lunchbox um yeah and people would just like make comments but I remember that I just didn't really care you know like I I mean I think I think the most was just like I, I wouldn't brag about my lunch but I wouldn't t- tell my mom like oh stop packing this you know like I, I didn't care mm-hmm. but you know once you're 13 or in high school those it's not an easy age to begin with um, mm-hmm. so I, I think that a lot of it also depends like what age you're at when I guess you're in an environment that's hostile to your identity um, but I have heard, like, again, through the Centam Collective, like, we have this series called the Centam Erasure Series, which a lot of the times discusses, like, these pressures of um, – and I, I've heard a lot, especially, for example, from Central Americans in California – who you know talk about what you say like people are like oh like why do you speak like that or why do you why do you eat that you know just like criticizing it just looking down upon it i've heard a lot of different experiences about that and so i think that um it's being able to i kind of like thinking of you know projects of central the central american projects that we have that Mm -hmm. are created I think a lot of the times they kind of feel like, uh, welcome back, you know? Yeah. Cause you know, like, Oh, you, you forgot or either on purpose or by accident. But what matters is that like, what matters now is that you're trying to reconnect. Like you're trying to learn about it. You want to celebrate it. Um, And I I think it's like a really nice moment in your life when you kind of, you know, like kind of when you talked about you reach that realization of like, no, like I'm not doing this. Like that's, you realize this is actually like something beautiful. Like this is something I'm proud of. This is part of me. Um, Yeah. and, And so I think those, I guess, you know, those, that moment of like remembering and coming back is something that should be celebrated and I think is being celebrated, you know, just with the creation of these groups, are really important.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I feel like it's a process and experience that you shouldn't feel like ashamed of it. I think sometimes we have to go through the process to realize one of the biggest for me to come to realize that I was not gonna go through that journey of you know trying to fit in, was when I was calling my friends back in Honduras. They would be like, mm-hmm. "Por qué estás hablando así? Y vos por qué hablas así?" <laughs> Hey, oh, pues no and yeah. hey, why, why are you saying this, or why are you saying that or like mm-hmm. le hablaba mi prima, and they're like you don't talk the same or you're right. act the same, and I was just like, mm-hmm. you know, friends from years, you know, like I was you know in my escuela for seven años, and you know my cousin have not known me for years, mm-hmm. or my grandparents or you know like mi me decía, Dale, you, you know like you're changing your accent and when someone told me, my Theo told me, you're changing your accent, it didn't hurt me. It did hurt me because, yeah, you I know, can imagine. I, I take a lot of pride of my accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I grew up, yes, I grew up in Tuzigalpa, but most of my time I I was in Ritoca. So, me llevé tanto en el pueblo that I, my type of accent, you know, yes, it's capitalino, but I have a lot of sureño. Llegar a ese punto, like when someone's telling you are changing and you're like, no, I'm not. But then you realize, like, oh, yes, I am. Yeah. You know, it's like it was it was hard. Yes, it's true here in California. And probably happens a lot. It, and I have heard a lot mm-hmm. of story for it. And I'm not saying it's only the Mexican from the Mexican community. I say I imagine like if you're in the middle of the United States, probably come from another community. And mm. if you're over there and like, you know, we were talking about, um Belgium probably is different or we're talking about Spain probably is different we're talking we were talking about how Nicaraguans migrate to Costa Rica probably they go through all all their stuff you know how we have been saying you know like diaspora It comes from a reason. And when you go to all these places, sometimes you try to fit in. And Mm -hmm. can you imagine, you know, Nicaragua is close to Costa Rica. I I always imagine that. It's close to Costa Rica. It's in the same region. You're considered part of the Central American Community, but you still have to go through those things, try to fit in. I haven't heard much of, you know, uh, the Costa Rican slang but I'm assuming it's is a little bit different. I have a lot of Nicaraguan friends and I still like ask like what does that mean? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know like uh, and I went I went to visit Nicaragua a lot of times. I remember one mm-hmm. time un chavo me dijo, "Pásame las chinelas." And I was just like, "Chinela, chinola." For me chinola, para mí, chinola. Well, I I thought it was chinola. I thought he meant chinola. And for me chinola, is, look at, <clears throat> chinola para mí was like lo que limpia los zapatos negros para que se pongan brillosos. But it's chinelas, means sandalias, chanclas. Chinelas? Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, like, yes, yes, that's what it means. And then, you know, um, a lot of words that I have learned, you know, meeting a lot of Central American people and then, you know, even if we're in the same region. So I feel like when it comes to Try to fit in. I can only imagine someone from Nicaragua. It, it probably goes through the same thing that we go here in LA, right. or like someone from over there in New York, or someone from Chicago, someone from Miami. Sometimes I talk with with my family over there in Miami, and they have this Cuban accent. Mm. And you know, yeah, you know, like tengo bastante tíos allá en. And in, in right. Miami, and they have, like, just, the Cuban accent. But mm-hmm. I feel it's because of the same thing. You just grew up in an area that you're hearing this so constantly. Like, a veces se te pega, porque a veces yeah. se te, te, te pega, you know? But it's just important for a lot of people to come to realize how we're, like, in a big community. We all have this slangs and, like, how we talk or how we eat and different, you know, tradition and how sometimes when you're put in a place where you feel like the other sometimes you don't want to be the other yes
0: you know sometimes
1: you want to like you said like fit in and many of us go through that when we were very young you know I was 14 you were what 12 you said 12 13 and a lot of us have to go through that (laughs) <laughs> they're not believe me
0: they're not yeah. <laughs> but yeah yeah I think that um you know just kind of wrapping up the episode but you said like at the beginning um how we sometimes you know going through that can own like kind of makes our identity stronger in the end mm-hmm. uh, which is also something that I explained when I was talking about my experience you know that and I, I think that happens a lot within our community. So, for example, um, looking at all of this negative portrayal of Central Americans, you know, in the past years,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I know for me, that was definitely a motivation in starting the Santam Collective, you know, of I am so tired of so much neg- negativity happening that I have to do something positive. And, you know, just thinking about, you know, what you do, filmmakers and other types of artists you know how oh in the media central americans are portrayed so negatively so that's actually going to motivate me to do the opposite and combat that but if that weren't there i wouldn't feel so strongly about it you know Mm -hmm.
1: and definitely you know um one of the main reason for me to go to um one of, well, I mean, I went to college because my mom said, no, me iba a pegar, right? That was one. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, um, mm-hmm. I went to study film, TV production, and all that because I was tired of someone telling me my country is full of drugs, full of crime, full of gang members. I was tired. I'm like, do you actually have visited Honduras? Have you visited Guatemala? Have you visited El Salvador? Have you visited Belize? Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Have you actually went. There's right. so beautiful countries that have more to offer to the world than what the media says. You know, like mm-hmm. I am tired of it. I am tired when I said I am Central American. I'm tired when I said like I am Honduran. And someone told like, oh, but es I'm just like, really? And sometimes I make fun of it, you know, because sometimes you need to have a little bit of humor. Of what people say you are. Sometimes they're like, oh, you're not scared. And I'm just like, well, I come from the most dangerous country in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I just, you know, (laughs) I make that comment because it's like, like, I'm just tired of it. Yeah, I'm just tired of people telling me, you know, yeah. Like, I mean, we cannot put aside the bad part of our countries. You know, we do, you know, we do struggle with a lot of gang. We do struggle with a lot of crime. We have a lot of corruption. We do, but there's more to it. And uh, it, right. and def- that was the main motivation for me to go to college. And for me, uh, like I always told people, for me having two majors, you know, my other major, Central American Studies, I never felt that was actually in school. I right. never felt it, you know, like I, I, I went to college four years and a half. All those years, never felt that was in school. You know, yes, me tenía que and stuff like that, but I was doing mm-hmm. what I love. And most of my projects are based in Central America. And, you know, one day I came based in my country and do a big project on each country because I want to put a every Central American country up there because I feel like they deserve it. They have gone through a lot of stuff, not only within the country, but outside of people seeing us different. And I think we're just like, I'm sorry, like I'm just done with it. I'm done for people calling us certain names. I'm done with people calling us like different stuff that we're not. And probably sometimes they're true for the bad stuff, but there's more. Like I said, there's more to it. People are so right. amazing over there. People, you know, um, out, out here, you know, if you meet someone from Belize, you meet someone from, there's such amazing people. And a veces, vienen y te dicen que son otra cosa. Like, I think that's not fair. And, and media needs to stop yeah. to do that. And for us to change the media, we need to start from the bottom. And I feel like, how are you doing with Central American collectives? How I'm doing, like documentaries and another site to elevate people. How we doing with this podcast? Is to do that to sh- tell people that we're not what people call us. You know, like it's just it's just a way to for us to stop. It's to stop the media to for saying what they want to say because the media actually don't they don't understand. I feel the right. media, media, the media that covers Central America. Sometimes they're not knowledgeable of the region and second of all or if they are from central america they're paid by the government so it's like you don't get mm. that right you, you don't get that right information you know like there's so many there's a lot of people there's a lot of people from honduras guatemala and salvador they're doing amazing stuff you know winning all this um medallas for like Mathematics, ciencias, and stuff like that. Do people actually cover that? No, they will cover it. If they kill no. someone on the street, right? You know that that's you know a killing will make it the front page, but someone, you know, making it to the top on the math uh, competition won't. And I I think that we need to stop that part. And I mean, we can have entire episode of media and probably will go on for hours how the media covers Central America in a really, really bad and negative way. So I feel like um, because of the media, sometimes people want to forget because you don't want to be related to that. You know, I don't want to be for someone to tell me, oh, tu país tiene esto, tiene la mano 18, la mano salvatrucha. Like, I'm like, really? Like, that's all you know? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like at the one point it's like that's all you know for my country. Like really that's all you know. There's so much. There is so much Mm -hmm. for it and yeah. I can go on and on with media because it's it really (laughs) fascinates me how people portray it as different in a bad way because of media. Because media influenced a lot. And a lot of people a lot of people don't understand the power of media. You know, they just underestimate that underestimate that part and I think we should, you know, come together, you know, and for to make a change on that part. Because if if we don't change how media see us, people will continue to see us however they want.
0: You're right. You know, this. I, I agree that I think a lot of times people underestimate the power of media because it's not so, it's not as obvious as you think. You know, it's little messages a lot of the time. The little things, you know, like even what does, as you said, even what doesn't get reported is so, is significant. You know, the fact that they report the murder, but they don't report, you know, the invention, even Mm -hmm. the absence of that does a lot in people's perceptions. And so I think that um, this, you know, you got so passionate about this and talked about how this did Influencer motivations. And again, it influenced mine. And I think, as in a way, we are managing to try to combat that bad and get motivation from the bad, but also just kind of, you know, foster solidarity and community out of that bad. And I mm-hmm. think that's what, again, a lot of these projects that we're seeing popping up, you know, Central American News came out yeah. because. They were tired of this bad representation or Central American beauty came out because of trying to celebrate the beauty, the good of Central America, of which there is so much, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of, I think a lot of this comes from, you know what, we're tired of it. Like, that's not true. And we're going to show you how. Um, And I think the podcast, this podcast will be part of that. Yes. So... Um thank you everyone for listening to this podcast, to this episode, Olvidamos. And I hope this motivates you to keep on fighting, to not get discouraged by the negativity we face a lot of the time. And knowing that, you know, within me, within Alejandra, but also within again the PR peers, you know, in Central American Twitter, in other Central American community spaces, local, national, that um we're facing a lot of the same obstacles to different extents, but we can get power from that and power from each other. And so make sure to follow us on Instagram at Santam Voices Podcast and our website. You can also subscribe at centralamericanvoices.com. American Voices.com. Le agradecemos mucho por su apoyo. And don't forget to come back next week to hear our newest episode.